Chapter Six of William Again by Rick Malt Crompton. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Six: William and the White Cat. William had before now met the strange species of male who succumbed to the charms of his elder sister. William never could think what people saw in Ethel. Red hair and blue eyes and a silly little voice. Some people, thought William, might call her pretty. But crumbs, what a temper! Making a fuss if his dog Jumble chawed up any of her old things, or if he'd just borrowed her bicycle, or if his pet rats got loose in her room she didn't even like interesting things like pistols and rabbits and insects girls were bad enough when they were at school thought william but they were heaps worse when they grew up the female sex was an entire mystery to william except in the case of his mother he could see no reason for their existence yet he grudgingly admitted to himself that ethel's admirers had not been useless to him there was mr french who had given him his first couple of white rats there was mr drew who had showered rare postage stamps upon him there was mr loughton who had nervously pressed sixpence into his hand whenever they met but mr romford was different he had a strange idea that william had no influence with his elder sister this happened to be true but that made it none the less annoying to william he thought it only right that any young man who was interested in ethel would ensure his uh, william's sympathy by practical means mr romford treated him as if he did not exist william resented this very much what's he come for he said indignantly he doesn't take no interest in jumble nor the rats nor the tool shed nor the bridge what i'm makin over the stream nor me what's he come for he demanded of his assembled family they all replied to him ethel said coldly don't talk about things that aren't your business his mother said william i wish something could be done about your hair it never looks tidy his father said that reminds me william you'd better go and weed your garden it's in a disgraceful state william went slowly to the door mr romford's going to give me a persian cat for a christmas present ethel went on to her mother william stopped what about jumbo he said indignantly what about jumbo with an old cat about the place what about my rats how do you think they'll like an old cat about the place my rats have got as much right to live as an old cat you'd think won't you my rats and poor old jumbo came here first i think i think they did considering that the old cat hasn't come yet you'd think that jumble and the poor old rats deserved a bit of peace go and give your hair a good brushing william said his mother take every one of those weeds up you can't have touched it for weeks said his father you aren't the only person in the world who can keep animals said ethel a lot of interest you take in animals don't you in real animals william exploded bitterly a lot of interest you take in my insects and rats and things don't you i must say you take a lot of interest in them he went on in heavy sarcasm cats who'd call cats an animal they aren't interestin are they whoever found cats interestin they don't follow you like dogs do they they haven't got interest in habits like insects oh i must say they're very interestin he saw ethel and his mother gathering breath to speak 
his father had retired behind a paper he hastily went out shutting the door firmly behind him cats he remarked contemptuously to the empty hall william was walking slowly along the road with his hands in his pockets whistling he felt at peace with the world he had a half-crown in his pocket it would soon be christmas he was going to have a bicycle for christmas ethel had insisted on his having a bicycle for christmas not for love of william but because william's secret experiments with her bicycle had such dire results he'll only smash it up if he has one dear his mother had said well he'll only smash up mine if he doesn't ethel had replied so william was going to have a bicycle and a mouth organ and pocket compass in addition of course to the strange things always sent as presents by distant aunts and uncles those did not count pencil boxes and story books about curious exemplary boys and boxes of crayons and pens and things they didn't count anyway a bicycle was a bicycle he wanted to be able to take a bicycle right to pieces and put it together again he'd never been able to have a really good try at ethel's she made such a fuss he was thinking about this with a faint smile on his face when he observed a man coming along with a covered basket in his hands it was mr romford william looked at him coldly he had no hopes of a christmas present from mr romford but mr romford stopped are you going home william he asked yes said william ungraciously would you mind taking this to your sister it's a present i'm giving her for christmas it's a very valuable white cat william took it something was moving about inside it's in a highly nervous state went on the donor i shouldn't look at it if i were you all right said william coldly william walked on down the road his smile had gone he no longer thought about christmas he swung the basket carelessly as he walked an infuriated scratching and snarling came from inside william swung it still more carelessly i'm not a cat carrier he muttered indignantly making me into a cat carrier for him he sighted ginger his ever faithful friend and ally in the distance and hailed him with a piercing whistle ginger came to him what do you think's in here queried william dunno an old cat and whose do you think it is dunno well a man's giving it to my sister and how much do you think he's given me for taking it dunno nothing said william bitterly nothing making a cat carry of me for nothing listen at it said ginger enraptured it's been carrying on something dreadful ever since i got it said william it's a beautiful nice quiet cat isn't it it'll be nice for jumble and those poor old rats when this sort of wild thing gets loose won't it it'll be nice for them then sarcasm was a new weapon for william and as yet his use of it was heavy let's have a look at it said ginger oh yes said william it's all right for you you aren't going to have to look at it all the rest of your life you aren't going to have your life and the lives of your dog and rats made a misery by it for the rest of your life i don't feel inclined to waste time looking at it listening at its carrying on's enough for me just at present you've not been made a cat carrier for nothing you don't feel like i do about it let me just peep william all right if you take any interest in it i don't 
i should think there's some law about givin wild animals for presents there ought to be human life oughter be sacreder than what it seems to be to him all right look at it don't blame me if it leaves its mark on you for life it's a nice quiet-tempered sort of cat oh yes very he laughed sarcastically ginger cautiously opened the basket top a fraction of an inch a small white paw shot out ginger closed it hastily and sucked his hand with an expression of agony on his face golly he ejaculated there said william triumphantly didn't i tell you it'll probably give you blood poisoning all i hope is if you die of it he'll get hung he oughter be send em wild cats without tamin em first ginger assumed a heroic expression it wasn't much of a scratch let's have another look he opened the lid of the basket again both william and ginger disclaimed responsibility for what followed william said he wasn't touching it and ginger said that he only opened it a bit and he didn't know that the creature was mad not really mad not right off its head like that anyway a white ball of fury hurled itself out of the basket dealt william a long scratch across his cheek nearly tore off ginger's ear and disappeared over the nearest wall well said william coldly what are you going to do now me said ginger yes just tell me how you're going to replace a valuable cap what you've just let loose just tell me what i'm going to do am i going home to say i've got a valuable cat in a highly nervous state and then them find there's nothing in the basket but just air this is all i get for being his cat carrier well you let it loose and you've got to replace it that's sense isn't it i was just quietly carrying a valuable cat in a highly nervous state down the road and you come along and let it loose well what you gonna do well what can i do said ginger helplessly i didn't know the thing was a cat lunatic did i it oughter be in a cat asylum you never told me you was carrying a wild cat or a mad cat you just said a cat you but the white ball of fury had appeared again flying over the wall and down the road at full speed william grasped his empty basket and started after it come on he shouted as he ran come on catch it catch it they raced down the road after the flying white ball first the cat then william then ginger through a garden leaving a cursing gardener in their rear in and out of a house leaving its irate owner ringing up the police first the cat then william then ginger breathless and afire with the chase along a wall the cat on the top and william and ginger at the foot they nearly got her then she fell into a rain-tub in a private garden at the foot of the wall but scrambled out and fled again dripping and grimy through a muddy ditch the ball of fury was now not white but a dingy gray and suddenly right into a tabby cat with a broken ear who was washing its face by the roadside there was a whirl of claws and flying fur get it now yelled william get it while they're fightin ginger seized the basket and effected the capture neatly but not without a dozen or so more scratches they fastened up the basket and resumed their journey well you can't say i didn't do that can you said ginger vaingloriously you can't say i didn't do that pretty neatly you can't say you helped much there i bet if you got all these scratches there'd be some sort of a fuss 
Yes, and who let it loose? That's all I'm asking. Who let it loose? Oh, come on. Let's get it home. I'm about sick of it. I'm about sick of being his cat carrier. They walked along in silence for a bit. Seems a bit quieter, doesn't it? said Ginger. Spect it knows now it's no use making a fuss. Spect it didn't quite know before what sort of cat catcher we was. Let's have another look at it, William. Oh, yes, and go letting it loose all over the place again? Oh, yes, do. It's quiet now. It'll not mind me looking. I want to see if it's got very dirty. William weakened. I'll have a look at it this time, he said. Then perhaps it won't get loose all over the place. Cautiously, he opened the basket lid. Over his face came a look of horror. It faded, leaving it grim and scornful. Oh, yes, you did it, he said with heavy sarcasm. You did it pretty neatly, as you said you did. Oh, yes, I didn't help much. Oh, yes, you caught it. He opened the basket wider. A friendly tabby with a broken ear regarded them and gave a tentative purr. Oh, yes, you caught it all right, but you caught the wrong one. Ginger looked at it, aghast, speechless. Then he pulled himself together. Well, we'll have to pretend that it's the one. Oh, yes, said William. She'll believe it's a valuable white cat in a highly nervous state, won't she? Oh, yes, she's quite likely to believe that. They sat down by the roadside and stared at each other hopelessly. The tabby showed no signs of wishing to leave them, though in their despair they had left the basket open. We might do something to make it nervous, suggested Ginger feebly. He began to make strange noises of obviously hostile and insulting intent to the cat. The cat began to purr. William watched with cold scorn. Oh, yes, and then do something to make it valuable, and then do something to make it white. They were both strangely silent at this last suggestion. The hopelessness of their countenances seemed to clear. It mightn't stay on, of course, said William, but it might make it look all right for a bit. Where can we get some? asked Ginger cryptically. Perhaps old Lawkins has some, said William. You can pay for it. They carefully replaced the tabby cat in the basket and went towards the village shop. William entered and stated his needs. White paint? said the shopman. I think so. I think so. For ironwork? Well, admitted William, it's really for fur. I mean, he corrected himself hastily, for something, uh, for something a bit softer than iron. For wood, suggested the old man. I expect that'd do, said William, and a brush, too, please. They retired to a deserted field to perform the delicate task. William took the brush in one hand and put down the paint pot on the grass by his feet. Then he took out the cat. Now, I'm going to do this, he explained, because I want it done properly. I don't want this cat let loose all over the place. He held the cat in one hand and drew a bold line of white paint down its back. The next moment he was sucking a deep red scratch on either hand, and a white-flecked tabby cat was disappearing in the distance. Oh, you did that all right, didn't you? said Ginger, not without satisfaction. William rose wearily, picking up the empty basket. He was too disheartened even to save what was left of the paint. Oh, let's leave it and go home, said Ginger. 
oh yes that's all right burst out william it's all right for you you've not got to go home and say you've lost a valuable white cat in a highly nervous state what someone was given to ethel well what can i do snapped ginger you can produce some sort of a cat said william firmly that's all i say you let the first one loose all over the place and you can produce another that's all i say i'm not going home without some sort of a cat i don't mind about it being valuable or white or nervous but i must go home with some sort of a cat all i ask you is to produce some sort of a cat i wish you'd stop saying that said ginger irritably well produce one and i will said william imperturbably there ought to be lots of cats about said ginger let's go to the road again they went down the village street only one cat was to be seen william and ginger approached it cautiously pretty pussy said william hoarsely puss 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 said ginger in honeyed accents pretty pussy pretty pussy and i feel more like murder it said william the cat sidled up to them william picked it up stroking it affectionately with an expression of intense hatred on his face open the basket ginger quickly mother came a shrill voice in his ear boys is stealin our cat william dropped the cat and fled down the road followed by a broomstick flung after him by the cat's owner and a stone thrown by the child the extent to which william's spirit had been broken by his troubles is shown by the fact that he endured these outrages without retaliation when it was safe to relax his speed he turned to ginger i'll try one more cat he said and that's all i've done with cats after that they found one more cat it responded to william's oily flattering it deigned to be taken up in his arms and stroked it was not till it was almost lowered into the basket that it showed the falseness of its friendliness its wildness then surpassed even the wildest of the first occupant of the fateful basket well i've done with cats said william solemnly withdrawing his hand from his mouth and watching the furry flying creature in the distance i've done with cats if they was to come in crowds now askin to be put in the basket i wouldn't touch em i've done with cats i'll feel sick whenever i see a cat for the rest of my life a boy came down the road his pockets bulging with something that moved what's that said william without interest or spirit the boy took out a small furry animal ferret me dad catches rabbits with em you better be careful how you holds em will you sell it asked william sadly taking out his half-crown it's not a cat said ginger wearily but william had not lost his optimism some folks don't know much about animals he said hopefully they might think it was a cat william's father and mother and sister were in the morning-room when he entered with his basket he held it out to ethel there's your cat he said from mr rumford yes said william gloomily she opened the lid a fraction then shut it in silence she looked mystified it isn't a cat william's face was expressionless all i can say is what he told me he said in a monotonous voice he said it was a valuable white cat in a highly nervous state this it may have got a bit mixed up on the way but that's what he said he said that it was a valuable white cat in a highly nervous state you needn't keep on saying that said ethel irritably 
it's what he said said william doggedly he said it distinctly that it was a valuable white cat and a be quiet william william's father came across the room and held the lid open peering in suddenly he withdrew his finger with a yell of pain and rushed from the room uttering muffled curses do you mean to say william said mrs brown that mr rumford sent ethel that whatever it is all i can say is what he told me said william he said it was a valuable mother if william says that once more i shall go mad william i came across to it curiously let's have a look at it he said ow 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 it bit me it was out of the basket suddenly and across the room ethel gave a piercing scream it met jumble in the hall and a mad chase ensued scampering down the hall round the drawing-room the crashing of a small table and all its ornaments the ferocious growling of jumble then silence i can't stand much more of this said mrs brown i don't know what's the matter or what the animal is or whether it's killed jumble or jumble's killed it but how any man could send for a christmas present too william your finger's bleeding and it's covered with dirt you'd better go and wash it yes mother said william meekly then he saw a man coming up the drive carrying a dirty bedraggled white cat look he said in an awestruck voice that's him it's mr rumford said ethel she went out into the hall the conversation was distinctly audible how do you do miss brown i'm afraid there's been some little accident i've thank you very much said ethel coldly but we don't want any more cats here i'm afraid there's been a miss the kindest thing to think mr romford said ethel is that you hadn't the least idea what you were doing there's been a miss uh, my father and my poor little brother have been very badly injured these things often prove fatal there's been a miss my mother is terribly upset by it you must excuse me if i can explain miss brown i dare say you can you must excuse me good-bye she shut the door and returned to the morning-room go and wash your hands william said mrs brown william was watching mr rumford's crestfallen departure his indignation returned makin me his cat-carrier he muttered william will you go and how much do you think he gave me for bringing it in i've no idea and if once the dirt gets right into a bite like that nothing said william dramatically as he turned to the door End of chapter 6